Gazette Newspapers presents the Parting Shots Podcast. The Parting Shots Podcast is brought to you by Trophy Case, the app created for athletes by athletes. Downloaded today, available for iOS and Android users in your app store. Now, here's your host, Daily Gazette Associate Sports Editor, Ken Schott. Thank you, Scott Geezy, and welcome to the Parting Shots Podcast. Now available on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Subscribe today. On this edition, we're talking Union Hockey. The Dutchmen are still looking for a win, and they may still be waiting for that this weekend. Union dropped a pair of 2-1 decisions to the 15th-ranked Northeastern at Messerink last weekend. This weekend, it's a two-game series of 4th-ranked UMass, a team that reached the NCAA Tournament Frozen Four final last season. We'll talk about that game in just a moment. Later on, I'll have Union coach Rick Bennett's press conference from Wednesday. And Mike McAdam, who joins me now, also has an interview with Union freshman forward Christian Sanda. Uh, Mike, uh, welcome back to the podcast. And 0-4 for this Dutchman team. A uh, pair of 2-1 losses, you know, third period uh, struggles. It's continuing. Uh, it's get, is it getting frustrating? Um, I would say no. Uh, we talked to Anthony Rinaldi on Wednesday. He's a senior and yeah, they're frustrated that they're not winning, but they're not frustrated. They're not looking at the overall record and getting down about that. Um, I mean, it's just way too early if that's the case. And Rick Bennett kind of pointed on this too. If that, if they're getting down in the dumps in four games into the season, then what are you even doing here? So, um, yeah, it's going to be kind of an interesting challenge all season to see how much progress they make. Um, there certainly is a lot of potential for them to get better. Um, you know, I guess on the bright side, if you're looking for a silver lining, their last three games were all one-goal games. Um, so they're kind of knocking on the door. Um, and I'm not saying that the floodgates are going to open once they get that first win, but it's going to come pretty soon. Probably not this weekend. No, because the UMass <laughs> uh, the defending um... – Hockey, uh, hockey's regular season champions uh, got to the, as we said, got to the Frozen Four final last year against Minnesota Duluth, uh, a team that just lost to uh, Northeastern on Tuesday night, uh, three to one, and Hockey East action. Uh, UMass opened their season last Friday with a victory over RPI. Uh, this UMass team, uh, I mean, they're they're still loaded. They're still loaded. Uh, they, I mean, besides Cale uh, McCarr, who was their best player last year, he left early um, after his sophomore season. They only lost four seniors to graduation. So they pretty much have, you know, and Cale McCarr obviously is the one that jumps out at you that not being there, but they didn't really lose a lot from a team that made it all the way to the national championship game last year. And as Rick Bennett said this week, their depth is kind of what scares, scares you because it, they're loaded from goalie, to D to forward and they can throw a lot of stuff at you. Um, so yeah, union's really up against it. Um, you know, I guess the, another silver line yeah. we're probably going to be looking for on a nonstop basis is the fact that he did lose to Northeastern on Tuesday, three to one, a team that union, you know, could have won either one of those games last weekend. So, I mean, if you want to play that game a little bit, then, um, that, uh, union needs to stay out of penalty box. That's the age old thing. Um, just to have a fighting chance. And and Rick said, you know, I think we, we would have put ourselves in a good position to win this game if we can just do that, um, which, uh, you know, is a big factor for every team. But Union just can't afford to be a man down, especially because they're struggling on offense. You mentioned the penalties, Mike, uh, particularly Friday's game. Brandon Estes took a couple of third-period penalties, one for throwing a stick uh, of his opponent, 
and then he took one late in the game, which really prevented uh, Union from getting uh, Hanson out of the net for an extra attack. Yeah, I asked Rick about that. I was kind of concentrating. I had kind of at the time I had totally forgotten about the stick throwing thing. Um, I was, you know, I, I was questioning him after the game about just, you know, from as a coaching staff, are you frustrated because it, it takes one of your tools out of the toolbox when the kid commits a penalty with two twelve left in the game and you're itching to pull your goalie and you can just throw that strategy out the window. Uh, so you don't even get a chance to see, you know, even if you still lose, at least you have a fighting chance with an extra skater. And he kind of um, covered for Brandon on that one and said there were two other guys that missed his assignment and he kind of got caught in it in no man's land and had to try to make a play and, and just got put in a position where, you know, he had to grab somebody. And so he was kind of blaming it on two other people, unnamed players who, <laughs> who screwed up their assignments, but he did harp back to the, um, harken back to the, uh, the stick throwing thing, which is just, you cannot do that. Yeah. I mean, he, he gets blasted into the post. He wipes out the net. He's probably angry about that. And he's just, you know, sitting on the ice, getting ready to get back up. And they're just kind of like the smoke is clearing from that whole play. And all of a sudden the stick is like sitting in his lap and he just chucks it towards center <laughs> ice. And, um, uh, the Northeastern player, I can't remember who it was, he, he kind of stepped over Estes and punched him in the head. So <laughs> at least he um, he got out of that mess a little bit with a little help from Northeastern, you know, also doing a, a stupid, impulsive thing. But, man, you just can't do that stuff. Yeah. It's, it's a killer. Uh, we mentioned the third period this, this season. So far, it's only four games, but they've been outscored 4-1, to one, and they've been outshot 43-20. to 20. What do, does the – what does Union have to do to really get that third period uh, better? Um, stay out of the penalty boxes. We, you know, I hate to keep going back to that, but that's a big part of it. Um, they're struggling to get out of their defensive zone on, on occasion, even five on five. So they need to like clean that up. Um, now uh, this week uh, they did work on their offensive systems more in practice. So, and, and Rick said they had kind of put a delay on that because they wanted to have the foundational defensive stuff solid first, and then let's go to the offensive end. So apparently this week they they were planning to uh, you know really focus more on the offense. So we'll we'll see what sort of fruit fruit that bears. Yeah, uh, yeah. We'll mention Rick will talk about that. We'll have that to his uh, press conference from Wednesday coming up a little bit later here on the show. And one other thing, I'm just looking at the stats now here on the laptop. You know, we talk about the third period a lot, but the second period. Uh, just a little worse. I mean, they've been outshot two to one, 50 to 25, and been outscored seven to three. So, I mean, the second periods haven't been that yeah, well, that good and, either. And, you know, uh, going into that, uh, I think they were 35 to 10 after the Friday game in the third period, which, you know, was glaring, but they actually kind of cut that in, cut into that a little bit on the, the next game after, uh, against Northeastern. But, you know, you can probably trace a lot of this back. That stat is going to have, they're, they're going to have a hard time. It's going to be a gradual thing where they turn the, the you know, the, the shot by period thing around because you go back to the BU game where they only had five shots on goal over the second and third period combined. And that's always going to kind of like drag that stat down for a while until they, you know, pick it up and just get a little more consistent with um, some shots and scoring chances. One other thing Rick mentioned uh, as press conference on Wednesday is the fact that um, UMass's uh, home ice is Olympic size. Yeah. And he's concerned about that because they're not teams not used to playing on that. Uh, is that a, really a, a big factor? Um, I think it's more of a subtle factor. You know, maybe the untrained eye, it's hard to tell. I mean, with a little extra ice to operate, you know, and, and we talked about this last year. I think the, the ice sheet in Belfast, Northern Ireland was Olympic 
uh, size. And, and so we kind of wrote about that last year. And like somebody like Anthony Rinaldi, who would, pro you know, theoretically would appreciate more open ice um, to, to, you know, use his skating ability. And, and this year, maybe Christian Sando will be somebody who comes out and, and um, you know, enjoys that little extra extra room where, you you know, someone doesn't have their stick on you and you're, you can just operate a little more freely. But um, so I, I, it'll be kind of more of a subtle thing. I think more importantly, UMass is used to playing on it. And, you know, even if Union potentially is a, is a good team for that type of uh, dimension, you, it, the fact that remains that's U, UMass's home ice and they are used to doing it. So they, they don't, they're used to those dimensions and don't have to think about it. And, uh, that's probably a bigger thing than whether unions equipped for it or not. I asked the question, you'll hear it on the, on the press conference with Rick Bennett about maybe the possibility of getting one of the freshman goaltenders in this weekend. Do you think he should uh, maybe give Darian one of the games off? I, not at all. And I, I would be shocked if he even contemplated that much less actually pulled the trigger on a move like that. Now, Garen, Garrett Nieto, the other freshman goalie, he was, on a stationary bike during practice on Wednesday. And, and I, so he's been, he hasn't even been dressing for games and it's an injury situation that I'm not sure if it's short or long-term, but he, he was just, um, you know, in a t-shirt and shorts on an exercise bike during practice on Wednesday. So I don't expect to see him in, even dressed uh, anytime soon. And then it just doesn't make any sense to, to sit Hanson. He's the best player on your team. You just need, you know, He's prepared to play every minute of every game this year. Um, and toward the end of last season, that certainly was the case when he kind of wrestled the job away from Jake Kupski. So he's used to playing heavy minutes, and they, they need him. I mean, you, did, you know, I think you're self-handicapping yourself by just considering giving Merrick Pipes uh, some minutes or, or starting him or whatever. You're basically nothing against him or anything, but you're – greatly diminishing your chances of staying in a game that you might want to try to win, especially since they've been in a lot of low-scoring uh, one-goal games the last three games. Well, I can't wait for the day uh, Pipes gets in the lineup and he goes, Merrick, between the pipes. <laughs> I, I I'm pretty sure I used that joke first and you stole my material. But then again, I'll bet I didn't either. That, no, that's, that, that's probably that been around. probably the first time he put the, the blocker and the glove on someone made that crack when he was five years old, uh, <laughs> I imagine. So they, they beat us all to the punch. Yeah, it's just very natural. <laughs> Last thing like pipes, you got to be in, yeah, in the net. So. <laughs> I, I think I asked Hanson about that during the, um, like one of the early press conferences of the season. I said, is there any better name for a goalie than Merrick Pipes? And he pretty much said, there, there can be no better name than that. <laughs> so uh, coming up, we'll have head coach Rick Bennett's thoughts uh, on from this uh, last weekend and uh, looking ahead to this weekend. You're listening to the Parting Shots podcast, available on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Subscribe today. Hi, this is Hunter Moffitt, founder and CEO of Trophy Case, the app created for athletes by athletes. Our app is a community connecting like-minded athletes, families, and sports affiliates for their specific needs. Positive form of social media designed for long-term success. We have a template for users to easily curate, track, record, and grow their statistics and social multimedia content in one digital profile. Create, connect, and promote your brand. Think Instagram for athletics. Notable Trophy Case team members include Dan Nolan, President and CEO of Hugh Johnson Advisors, owner of the Albany Empire, who says, Trophy Case is an innovative platform that has great potential for athletes. Nolan said, 
The feedback and experience brings value to athletes, parents, and sports affiliates in one network. I simply think of this as a combination of Instagram and LinkedIn for athletes. You can download the Trophy Case app at the Apple Store and Google Play. Send us your feedback. Trophy Case, the app created for athletes, by athletes. Get it today. Back on the Pony Shots podcast, along with Mike McAdam, I'm Ken Schott. Union coach Rick Bennett met the media on Wednesday to look at uh, what's going on with the team. Here's what he had to say. Going into this week, I know you got a lot of win, but are you concerned at all about recent, I mean, there's not a lot of goal scoring for your team yet. Is that a concern? It's always a concern when you're not scoring and, it's you know, you have to score to win. So, but it's not a, to their Defense, we haven't worked on it a ton. We had focused more on defense uh, than, than we had on offense. You know, it's been, let's just say, marginally uh, exercised here on uh, the first bit. So, you know, we practiced it a little bit more this weekend, or th- th- this week, I should say, and um, hopefully it's going to break. But, uh, you know, we were over on the PP, so that's offense. So that obviously contributed to that. It's not just uh, five on five, so... You have to be confident as the coach that you've got guys that can score. According to their junior stats and some of the guys that have been in this program, definitely. Uh, but as we said earlier, it's going to be uh, everybody contributing to to score this year. Like it's, you know, maybe we got one guy that can, you know, rifle in the back of the net with consistency is, uh, you know, Rinaldi, but. Other than that, until I see different, he's really the only sniper. What's it going to take to get those third periods improved and get more offense that way? Well, spend a little more, uh, less time in your D zone. Spend a little less time in the penalty box. Those, those are that's a good start, and pra- practicing more, which which we've done. We've addressed, <laughs> we've addressed all three. So hopefully that helps us this you know this upcoming weekend. Think about Northeastern beating UMass yesterday, and just in general, what can you drag out of that game and our game against UMass? For you, I dragged the fact that uh, Northeastern's probably better than 15. <laughs> uh, I don't think they're getting the credit that they deserve. Um, and just watching the game here, still going through it, is uh, that again? That, that game could have gone either way too. But I think Northeastern gave them some light by taking a lot of penalties, too. And to, to us, from what we've seen, if we can just keep our heads a bit, we're going to give ourselves a heck of a chance against a very good UMass team. Being, you know, the fact you don't have a win, but also three of the losses to one goal, it's not like you guys are getting blown out of the building when you go out there. There are things that you're doing, some things you must be doing right. Yeah, I mean, uh, Definitely, they're you know talking to other teams, you know, or specifically the team we played against. You know what they've mentioned about our team is good. Is good feedback to hear. I'll keep that to our staff and to our players only. And just so you guys mentioned, you talked about offense, but there's some other parts of our game that we do like, and we just got to keep building on that, but get get better in the other, just like we did from week to week. Uh, you know, the previous week. 
And you know what? This this series is going to teach us, and, and we're going to learn a lot from these games up there. It's a bigger sheet, which we've never played on before as a team. So that'll be interesting. That's a good, you know, it's always a good experience playing Olympic sheet. And this team is going to give us, they're, they're going to put us in positions where we don't want to be a lot of times. And it's going to be, it's going to be good for our guys to be in those situations. What's the confidence like? I mean, after the BU game, it's been, like uh, Tim said, just a lot of one goal games. I mean, is the confidence, is that hurting right now? Or is, it, or is, there, or is it, you guys know that we're, we're that close? We're not, we're not in a situation where we're getting blown out all the time. No, I, I don't see a team that's not not confident. You know, we all hey, everyone wants a win. I get it, but shoot, I've been in this situation before with other teams, and you just you got to power your way through. As, as I said before, it's too easy to get down on yourself. Like that's just it's just it's too easy, you know. And hockey's a hard game. <laughs> I don't I don't know the other sports. Uh, hockey is a, absolutely a, a hard game, and these guys, after a win, are going to sit in their stalls and they're going to say, holy smokes, that was tough. And they're going to have to do it again and again and again in order to win. And know that it is going to be a grind this year and knowing that your margin of error is, is slim. I ask you about Christian Sando the other day, just as a follow-up. What did you see out of him that prompted you to, to put him on the PK? Uh, right I think he was in there in the first game. You know, he's, he showed a willing, willingness to block shots. He's got tremendous speed, so he can get, you know, basically from A to B quickly, shut down lanes, um, which is, you know, he has hockey sense. And to be on the PK, you have to have hockey sense. So he's, he has shown that, and that's, that's why he's on it. And as he showed, he got Army, can, can score the occasional, you know, penalty kill goal, which is a huge, huge momentum swing. I know everybody has to earn their ice time through practice, but was he a kid, especially with the nine seniors leaving and a lot of ice time opportunity, was he maybe a kid that you figured, well, he's going to be out there a lot for us this year? Yeah, I mean, he, to be honest, I, I didn't even see him play, you know, coming in. So it was a pleasant surprise. You know, the guys that told me about him, and I just, unfortunately, I didn't get a chance to see him because they got knocked out early, but it, it was one of those you get it, you like it, kind of remind me a lot of um, Matt, Matt Hatch in some ways. So, you know, having a chance to be a part of Matt Hatch's recruitment, it was really nice to kind of kind of get that back because uh, we feel we have that. And I just think you're just seeing just the tip of the, uh, I mean, it, there's so much left for, for Christian Sanda. He's got, he's got mountains to climb in his, uh, you know, development, and that's exciting for us. I talked to him yesterday. He said Jason was in a lot of communication and a big part of the recruiting process. Mm -hmm. What kind of feedback did you get from Jason about him? Um, <laughs> fast as heck. <laughs> How's that? Yeah. Uh, competes. That. <laughs> competes. Has a scoring touch when no one when he's in those situations. So he is. He's exactly what Jason has, has said. He said he is. But. Again, there's just so many areas that I can touch on that, that I won't, that he can improve in, just like everybody else. Is this the weekend you might see uh, Darren get a rest and get, use one of the other freshman goalies? I don't know. Uh, we're just going to go from game, game to game. I, I, <laughs> you can ask me that question all year long, and I'm going to tell you the same answer. I don't know. I don't know that yet. 
but you've chosen not to dress Nieto. Is that a injury situation? Or yes. Long or short term? We're finding that out as we go along. <laughs> you know. We're talking here. It's still only been two weekends. It's not like we're talking in the middle of February. <laughs> I mean, it's you're, you're not. There's you mentioned it the other night. There's no panic on your part. No, I can't. I, it, those players are gonna. As a coaching staff, we walk in that room and we, and there's a look of panic. It's gonna get a heck of a lot worse than it'll ever get better. And again, through our experiences a few years ago, going through that, hopefully it helps us for this. And the players know that the coaching staff is not panicking. And we're not going to, regardless of how this month plays out. I don't know. As I said my first year, I'll say it now. I don't have a crystal ball in my uh, office. I don't know. But I just know that we want to work hard, compete, and get better from week to week. And that team that started on 5 ended up winning 20 games. Yeah, it did. And, you know, it was all, it was them. It was a credit to them for sticking with it and just battling. And that's, and this team does have some fight. I've seen it. You guys have seen it. It's just our margin of error is through what I told you about is the penalties and you know some especially teams have got to be together will help us going forward. UMass a pretty strong contrast to you guys. I mean they, they lost their best guy obviously, but they only lost four other seniors. So, so it looks like they got a pretty experienced team coming yeah. back and they made it all, all the way to the championship game. Yeah, it's a watch it on film. They're they're excellent. This is a, this is an excellent. I, I look at the depth, and you look at goaltending, defense, and forwards. It is, it's lights out, like it's top to bottom. They have all bases covered, and you know that that what they are now, they'll be 20 times better at the end of the year. That's a scary thought if you're in hockey east. Nationally, they're number four, so it seems pretty legit to you. Uh, oh, yeah. I know that's pretty fluid and fluctuates a lot. Yeah, I, I, the ranking jazz, I, I yeah, <laughs> whatever. I'm not sure the Wizards were that, but and I was one of those Wizards on it, but it didn't really matter. What it is, what it is. Right. So. Anything yeah. else? Got a prediction for Sunday, Cowboys Eagles? Oh, Cowboys all the way. <laughs> <laughs> Next question, Ken. <laughs> Well, Mike, you know I had to sneak that Eagles-Cowboys question in. It was your default position whenever that game comes up. And I, I'm pretty sure you, you weren't even really all that interested in going over to that media veil on Wednesday for any interviews or any of that, any of that jazz, as Rick would call it. Uh, you just wanted to – you were a plant to uh, – you know, drop that the, the Eagles question yeah. on him, which he surely appreciates. Yeah, well, both teams, both our teams are struggling right now. It's going to be an interesting game Sunday night. But on the serious side, Mike, uh, there really doesn't seem to be any panic with him or the team. You take away that 7-3 loss. And as we mentioned, the last three games, just one goal losses. Yeah, and the season is really early. And it's so freshman heavy that you can't expect them to just get out of the gate right off the rip and and, and have it figured out. And he knows that. It's funny because, you know, we always think we've talked about this before. And, you know, at some point during the game, we're wondering which Rick we're going to get after the game based on how the game played out. And after everyone so far, um, it's been philosophical, Rick. And he he's, he's seems very, actually very easygoing and, and uh, not on edge at all because he, I mean, 
he knows what the deal is. It's a, it's a kind of a he used actually uses the word fun. It's a fun challenge for the coaches to try to sort this out and, and see who's got what and, and who they can rely on. And that's going to be an ongoing process. Because it's something they're not used to. I mean, I mean when no. you know, I, mean, what I don't think any them? team no, is. No. But well, you didn't mean the program, you know, Rick guided them to two frozen four appearances and a win in 2014. They've been used to the success. But now it's basically, it seems like, I mean, you don't want to use, they don't want to use the word, but it's a rebuild. Well, I, I don't think they would shy away from that word. There's no other word for it. Um, and it's going to be a long process, and there's going to be pain and misery along the way for Union fans. But you, you kind of have to just deal with it and, and, you know, play the cards you dealt with or that you've dealt yourself, really. Um, you know, and there have been some glimpses and glimmers of some pretty interesting play from some of these freshmen, and a couple of them have been, you know, kind of steady in the lineup. It's more of a forward situation than D. Dylan Anhorn is the only freshman defenseman who's really seen any time and he's been in there every game, um, you know, but like somebody like Chaz Smedsrud really, you know, showed some flash of, of <clears throat> excuse me, of talent and ability in the, in the BU game. And, uh, you know, Christian Sanda, <clears throat> sorry, again, um, uh, you know, really flashed something in the Army game and has been a steady presence, and they're not afraid to use him on a penalty kill. So he's got some ability, too. It'll be interesting to see how those guys kind of mash and develop along the way. Well, speaking of Christian Sanda, coming up, you talk with the Union Freshman Ford. I'll have that interview in just a moment. You're listening to the Parting Shots Podcast, available on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Subscribe today. Hey, pro football fans. It's time again to match which with other pro football fans and win a prize by playing the Daily Gazette's You Pick em Football game, Sponsored by River Sportsbook. To play, go to dailygazette.com slash football and make your picks before the first game kicks off each week. If you have the most weekly points, you earn a $100 gift card to ShopRite. Play every week and you can win the grand prize of $1,000. Play the Daily Gazette's You Pick'em Football game sponsored by River Sportsbook at dailygazette.com slash football. Back on the Pointing Shots podcast, I'm Daily Gazette Associate Sports Editor Ken Schott, along with Union Beat writer Mike McAdam. On Tuesday, Mike talked with one of the newest Dutchmen, freshman Christian Sanda. Uh, Mike, you wrote about him in Tuesday's, or sorry, Thursday's print edition right. at online at dailygazette.com. And you, you, know, you mentioned that he'd been on the penalty kill, he's been blocking shots. He seems to be emerging so far early in the season. Yeah, and I was told early that to watch out for this kid for his speed from, from Jack Adams, who's on the shelf right now with his knee injury. And when you hear that, you're like, well, um, I'm going to watch the kid and just see, you know, him in open ice and just kind of be thrilled by the skating ability. But really the goal against Army, he kind of – it was an all-around play, as Rick Bennett said. It, um, it wasn't just, you know, some speedster with no no other ability, you know, like a wide receiver in the NFL who, who used to be an Olympic gold <laughs> medalist in track and doesn't has, – has hands of stone and can't run a pattern. I mean, he – and he made a very good play getting his stick blade into the passing lane. Um, and then he, he had the presence of mind to push it to a spot where he would get in a foot race with the one defender who was back. And he burned that kid and then got the puck like right at the top of the circle. The puck was perfectly positioned where he could go get it. But Kozlowski, the Army goalie, would have been suicidal for him to come out of the net. It was just too far for him. And then he finished the play at the end. And the, the, one of the interesting things was I said, well, I mean, if 
if it wasn't if it wasn't a foot race that you had won and maybe it was was more of a you know the d guy was kind of on your back would you have maybe sniped from 10 feet out instead of trying to go deeper and, and slide it under the goalie so no actually what i would have done if it was a 50 50 thing is i would have just taken it into the corner and just killed time and get some fresh bodies in there so um i thought that was a good answer because he didn't he doesn't lose sight of the fact that he's still on the penalty kill even though he has a potential you know spectacular individual play that he might be able to finish well here's mike's interview with uh christian sanda i noticed uh there's several minnesota kids on this team how much did that kind of help you uh find a comfort zone coming out here uh, uh, this team? definitely helped a lot you know i actually knew a few of the kids before coming up here mm-hmm. who were actually coming in with me so kind of helps knowing some guys that helps you kind of get in the field for things a little bit so you don't it honestly feels lonely, I guess, coming in. So I mm-hmm. think it's great. It helps the transition, especially coming from juniors to college as well. So that's good. Who, who specifically are you? Who did you know? Um, so actually, actually skated with Drew Blackman in the summer times. Uh, actually been with him the last three, four years now. Mm-hmm. Um, I played against Chess Measure growing up. Uh, um, pretty much all, all the way. We had a good rivalry there in high school. So, um, and there's quite a few guys who are around. Like I'm from around like the Twin Cities, so there's a few right. of the guys who are around there. So I'm sure I'll see, or see playing them in the summertime. So yeah, mm-hmm. should be good going home. Mm-hmm. Um, speaking of the transition from juniors to college, how's that been? Just from a um, you know play standpoint and and the speed and, and physicality of the game. And definitely the speed and physicality is definitely. A lot higher, a lot faster. Um, I think I'm adjusting pretty well. Um, you know, it's going to be an adjustment at first. You know, give it a couple weeks here, and then should be should be just fine. So, mm-hmm. um, the army the army game is kind of the no brainer. Can you just walk me through that goal a little bit? And, and I asked Rick about it. I was actually covering that game. Um, I asked him about it afterwards, and he said, "Yeah, the, the speed element was a big part of it, but it was a, a very good all around play." Getting your stick in the in the passing lane and then using your speed and then making a move at the end there. Can you just walk me through what you saw and, and uh, what you were trying to do, what the thought process was? Yeah, you know, the PK, you try and try and read on what their options are, and you know, I kind of tell from the other defenseman that his real, real option was he was going to go across ice, so I just try to cheat that as best I could. Um, and, you know, I got a good stick, and speed's definitely probably the best part of my game, so I just use that. Used that well against you know my opponent and happened to beat him wide and made a good move on the goalie went back and five hole so um, yeah that's just kind of how it went. <laughs> if you don't win that foot race and and could you did you feel any pressure or did you know his presence like whoever was trailing that could you tell how far back they were or anything or yeah uh, I knew it was gonna be a foot race the whole way. Um, if you look back you know I kind of pushed the puck up and used my feet and then right. I kind of used my body to you know keep him away Shield from the it. puck. So yeah. yeah so you know he's on my back the whole way. So um, yeah just try to keep him from the puck and then make a quick move on the goalie. If you didn't have any separation is that a case where maybe you think well I better have to fire this from 10 feet out instead of trying to get in tight and slide it under the goalie? Uh, you know I think if it's more of like a 50-50 I'd probably you know kind of veer off and try and kill as much time because in that case, we are on the penalty kill, so right. we're trying to keep them out of the out of our zone. So I think best I could, I would have kept it around in our zone as best I could until fresh guys get on the ice. Can you walk me through the recruiting process a little bit and how you picked Union and, and maybe what some of the other how many other schools you were looking at? Um, yeah, no, I picked Union. You know, it's great academically. Um, it's a great or it's a great engineering school, which is basically what I want to go to school for. Um, the hockey. Hockey's outstanding. You know the facilities here are fantastic. Uh, the coaching staff is great, and I had a good relationship with uh, assistant coach Jason Tapp. 
too. You know, I was talking to him quite a bit throughout the throughout my final year of juniors. So yeah, right. it just seemed like a fantastic fit. I came up for my visit, and I loved it. Um, loved everything about it. The, the game atmosphere was fantastic. Whatever the guys were great for those who I met. So yeah, I just thought it was a great fit. You know, much better than you know a few of the other places that I had been talking to previously. So. Um, taking an engineering program, is there any specific area of engineering that you're interested in, or have you, um, you not figured that out yet? I think right now is mechanical engineering. Um, okay. Kind of trying to keep like a, a wide mind through the uh, the intro courses right now, but mm-hmm. um, as the year goes on, I'll definitely start to focus more in on mechanical. It's pretty rigorous program. Is it difficult to balance uh, academics and sports once you get here? Um, I mean, yeah, you have to be really good at managing your time. Um, your time management is big. Uh, coming from, you know, I took a few years off of high school, so it's definitely an adjustment for sure. But as I'm, we're about on a month and a half in, so I think I'm starting to get get the hang of it here. Uh, starting to see you don't have as much free time, so you know you really got to buckle down your school stuff if you want to play. And you know, hockey's here the big part, so uh, get a got to handle the school well. Mm-hmm. Not to harp on the speed aspect, but is how much of that is natural on your part, and how much is, is that something that you actually, you know, actually work on in some way through drills? Uh, it's actually been a gift I've had my whole life, but it's definitely something that I've worked on these last couple of years in the summers, you know, to increase my agility and my quickness, my power skating, stuff like that. So it's definitely something I could keep getting better. It's something I will try and try and keep getting better. So, but yeah, it, it's always been with me. Who wins in a skating race between you and Rinaldi? And I asked him the same thing. He said, I don't know. It would be kind of interesting to try that sometime. It, yeah, it would be interesting. You know, maybe we'll have to do that one of these days. <laughs> Any thoughts on UMass? You guys are going to have to go up, out there and play a very good team that's, you know, ranked pretty high right now. It's picked pretty high in uh, Hockey East. Yeah, you know, we're going to have to have to come out hard, play heavy. Um, at the end of the day, we're going to have to score some goals if we want to beat them. So uh, I think this week of practice, we're definitely – Focusing on that a lot, you know. You see, last this last weekend, one goal each game isn't going to do much for you. So, mm-hmm. yeah, we're going to have to go out hard and play them hard. Um, a lot of freshmen on this team, obviously, and you've been on a line with Colin Schmidt and Liam Robertson a couple times. Um, is there a feeling out process when when you guys are all new coming in to, to figure out what everybody likes and, and where they like to be and where they like the puck and stuff like that? Yeah, exactly. You see, on any new team, whenever you're playing with new guys, you got to get to know them. Chemistry's not there at first, so you kind of build a chemistry, hang out with them a little bit, and it comes in practice. You know, repetition-wise, you see where they like to hang out, and then come with systems and stuff. You see where guys like to be. So, yeah, it's definitely definitely feeling all process for sure. But at the end of the day, whatever, we're all pretty good at. We're all pretty good hockey players, so you know, figure it out pretty quick. When you're on a line with Colin and Liam, you know, wh- whose job is what, and, and you know, you know, how do you guys kind of play off each other? Uh, you know, I think Colin's—he's a heavy guy, you right. know, um, whatever. Uh, good in the corners, good at shooting the body, whatever. They're both—they both can move the puck well. Uh, they both have good vision. Um, both had outstanding shots, so I don't think it's—you know—they're both fun to play with. Did no. you set one, one last thing? Did you set any goals for yourself this year personally, and what you wanted to do uh, hockey-wise? Uh, you try to shy away from that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Just try not. Try to shy away from injuries. You know, uh, like like that. They're trying to stay in the lineup, I guess. But other than that, you know, I was, there was a learning year for me. So um, definitely try to learn as much as I can at error going forward. So. All right. Terrific. Very nice to meet you, Chris. Thank you. you too. That's Christian Sanda. Coming up, Mike and I will wrap things up, plus answer your questions about union hockey. You're listening to the Parting Shots podcast, available on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Subscribe today.
Hi, this is Hunter Moffat, founder and CEO of Trophy Case, the app created for athletes by athletes. Our app is a community connecting like-minded athletes, families, and sports affiliates for their specific needs. Positive form of social media designed for long-term success. We have a template for users to easily curate, track, record, and grow their statistics and social multimedia content in one digital profile. Create, connect, and promote your brand. Think Instagram for athletes. Notable Trophy Case team members include Ron Jaworski, former NFL quarterback and founder of Jaws Youth Playbook, who says, Throughout my success in the sports world, I believe Trophy Case can bring value to many different levels of athletes and unrepresented sports. This platform will level the playing field for athletes at the beginning of their career with technology for generations to come. You can download the Trophy Case app and the Apple Store and Google Play. Send us your feedback. Trophy Case, the app created for athletes by athletes. Get it today. Back on the Bunny Shots podcast, and it's the Harvey Kagan question segment. We need to get a sponsor for the Harvey Kagan question segment. It's a regular feature. Well, Harvey's coming in with three questions, a hat trick of questions. Uh, Number one. When will Union win their first game? I noticed that Northeastern beat UMass 3-1 Tuesday night in Boston. Uh, Since uh, Union lost twice to Northeastern by 2-1 scores, does that bode well for Union this weekend at UMass? Um, I would say so. Uh, And, again, um, you know, we asked Rick about that on on Wednesday, and, he, you know, they were still in the process of reviewing the game. But he did point out the fact that um, both teams committed a lot of penalties and neither one of them, Northeastern and UMass, um, uh, converted on any of them. So, you know, if, if UMass has a tendency to get in the box, and that, that'll help Union a little bit. Uh, I'm going to be a wimp and predict that they don't win this weekend um, just because of everything on paper. And, and, you know, this is a really, really good team. So, I mean, they, their first win better come next weekend against RPI or there's really going to be some RV. Uh, wait a minute, wait a minute. You're making predictions? Do you want to participate? <laughs> no, this is a, on a spot-isolated basis. Um, we're, we're trying to pay attention to what's at hand here and, and not uh, get a little crazy. Okay. <laughs> no, we're yeah. not going. Okay. Uh, question number two. Uh, junior defenseman Joseph Campolito sat out both games last weekend. Is he hurt? He was last weekend, but he isn't anymore. He pra- he did full participation in practice on Wednesday. I went over there for about a half an hour. He's fine. Um, and it didn't sound like it was anything major when, when he didn't show up uh, in the Friday game and asked Rick about that and said, no, he's hurt. And, and he's day by day, which he's used. <laughs> he is kind of his go-to default uh, que- um, answer to questions about injury. Now Campo's fine. So he looked and they really, really need him. And he's somebody that I planned on writing about early in the season. And, that kind of got short-circuited when he didn't show up in the lineup last weekend, but we'll get to him pretty soon. And, and he's he's a really good player, and they expect big things out of him this year. Um, so no, he, he should be good to go. And question three, Drew Blackman, who was featured on last week's podcast, uh, set out both games against uh, his former team, uh, Northeastern. Is he hurt? He's not hurt. He participated in full <laughs> practice as well on Wednesday. Um, you know, it's a coach's decision. We wrote about him last week because it's a no-brainer story angle when a kid is, you know, his new team is facing his old team. That's that's the point at which you write about the new face in the lineup. 
But, you know, Rick Bennett doesn't get paid, uh, you know, to explore interesting story angles. He gets paid to, to win games and put the best team on the ice. So that was purely a coach's decision. And, and I even said in my story, there's no guarantee at any point that he's going to be in the lineup. And, I, you know, I expect he's going to be kind of a fringe, you know, type of player that, that on any given night, who knows if he's going to be in there. So far, he's only played one of four games. So, um, but he's not hurt. I imagine had he, he had to be a little disappointed, though. He probably was. I mean, that, you know, that – um, you know, that gets your juices flowing a little bit. And he knows, you know, most of the kids still on that team and everything. Um, uh, so, that you know, you got to be careful, obviously, when you do get in that situation, not to turn it into a personal revenge thing, because then you're not thinking about the team first. Um, but again, I, you know, Rick's not going to put him in there just because it's a cool, you know, uh, story angle or that maybe he'll be more fired up or something like that. I mean, so uh, that, that's really what it boils down to. Well, thanks, Harvey, for your questions. And if you want to participate in the Harvey Kagan question uh, seminar, uh, you can uh, submit your questions to uh, SHOT, that's S-C-H-O-T-T, at dailygazette.com. You can look for my weekly ECAC hockey faceoff selections at dailygazette.com slash sports slash parting shots. They're up there now. Uh, you can participate in the faceoff selections by emailing your picks to me at SHOT at dailygazette.com. Well, Mike, that wraps up another edition of the Parting Shots podcast. Thank you for coming on next week. RPI and Union. And I, and I can give you a little um, highlights from the Bills-Dolphins game that I'm going to on Sunday. I'm sure everybody's going to be waiting with bated breath for, for those for that uh, uh, information. Oh, Dolphins, aren't they getting relegated next year to CFL? Uh, <laughs> I don't know if that XFL. I don't know if that mechanism exists, but it might. They might start thinking about it. Well, have fun up there uh, in Buffalo watching your uh, Dolphins get beat <laughs> by the Bills. Anyway, uh, that wraps up another edition of the Party Shots Podcast. The Party Shots Podcast is brought to you by Trophy Case, the app created for athletes by athletes. Download it today. Available for iOS and Android users in your app store. The Party Shots Podcast is available on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Subscribe today. Follow us on social media. I'm at Slapshots on Twitter and Instagram. And Mike is on Twitter at Mike underscore McAdam. The views expressed in the Party Shots podcast are not necessarily those of Gazette newspapers. The Party Shots podcast is a production of Gazette newspapers. I'm Daily Gazette Associate Sports Editor Ken Schott. For Mike McAdam, thanks for listening, and we'll catch you next time. Good day, good hockey.